0: Hey everyone, this is uh, Tim Blevins of 20th Century Popcast. I'm just trying to do a very quick introduction without a script, so I hope it doesn't ramble more than 20 seconds. I just wanted to tell you that today's episode of 20th Century Popcast, it's our first episode back since a one-week hiatus last week, um, it was recorded about four weeks ago, it was originally intended to air <clears throat> two weeks ago. I don't know if that impacts any of the references or anything inside, but just so you know, If Bob and I sound like maybe, just maybe, we missed some major political event or cinematic release or just somehow acknowledge that April is still amongst us, that's the reason why. Thank you for sticking it out. Thank you for coming back. And thank you for at least listening to the music that we don't have the rights to that is serving as an intro to our most recent episode. Hey everyone ever, and welcome... 20th century popcast the show where I don't normally read it like that um, <clears throat> should, I, should I do that over or is that we've started I think if we don't start now that's that <laughs> yeah what Boy, are we way I can't
1: we, we've been we've been talking for what a half an hour
0: well prior to prior to the start of this yeah right but that's that's the name of the show everyone and it's got a tagline <laughs> it's great right on the website so go to 20popcast.com and read what it is I normally say it's right there. Uh, my name is Tim Blevins
1: And I am Bob Canning
0: And you're right, we were just We just had a wonderful, for those of you listening Bob and I just had a great, I think <laughs> Conversation for about 45 minutes And now we have to do this shit show And I don't know how it's going to go Quite frankly
1: It's it's going to go great We've warmed ourselves up
0: We have I just, <clears throat> I, I know that my voice now is different from the voice i was just using (laughs) or i'm assuming it is
1: yeah i think we both sort of perk our voice up a little to maybe help engage the audience and and not lull them to sleep uh not that not that you were lulling me to sleep before we started recording oh good
0: yeah, it'd be weird if I had used this, because it was, I mean, again, people listening, you're not going to hear it and record but it was a meaningful, actually, it was a very meaningful conversation. I do appreciate it, but it, it would be weird if it was in this voice, but <laughs> we should, meaningful. We should try that sometime. No, yeah, I love, actually, we were, I mean, I, we'll give them a little uh, window
1: into what we were talking about, because I like it. I like yeah. that uh, we've reconnected after so many years apart, and and here we are across the country from each other, you in in mm-hmm. the Boston area, me in the Los Angeles area. And so yeah, we're gonna take some time and chit chat and catch up and and uh then then we'll record for for everyone listening now.
0: So you're you're telling them what, what happened, but it sounded like you're saying like it was what we were gonna do again. We've already done that part, everybody. We've caught up. <laughs> Bob and I have happily caught up. Thank you for clarifying. And, yeah, well, I don't know. I, I just I didn't want people to be like, oh no, I gotta check the show notes and scroll through. Like there are some podcasts where I'm pretty sure I skipped the beginning. And I feel bad. I do feel bad about it more so now. Cause I'm like, I know like whenever we sign off, as you'll hear at the end of the show, unless you scroll ahead now, it takes us a while to sign off and we should be quicker about that. And sometimes I wonder is the rambling at the beginning. I like it. I, I hope you like it, but like you, uh, Mark Marin's podcast is a perfect example. He has a good 10 to 20 minute, just him at the beginning talking about his life. And I think that's how he built an audience. I think that's why the show connected so much up front but I now, I think, because his life's going better, I, I, a lot of times I'll tend to skip that. And it feels huh. a little incomplete because I am skipping a portion of the show that he and his producer thought to put together. And, and sometimes I listen to it and sometimes I like it. And sometimes it, it, it's just because you come to the show. and This is what I'm saying now before we get to the show. You come to your podcasts, or at least I do, for reasons. Like I like this comedy podcast about making fun of movies and this podcast about lesser known actors in a movie and his podcast, I like it. So I like his one on one conversations with guests. So sometimes it seems indulgent when it's not. It's part of the show. And it's built into the show and it's a good way to ease a following audience in. But I don't know. I mean, do you you I know last last week I believe you made a point to tell um, everyone that you listen to this podcast, <laughs> are there other podcasts you listen to besides 20th century podcast? Uh, um, the show where we try to understand the present by living in the past.
1: <laughs> there, unfortunately, there really isn't, uh, too many. There's, there's plenty that I would have some interest in. Um, but I just, I don't have a window. I mean, I probably could make a window, but I don't really seem to have a window where, where I've got the time to sit and listen. My commute isn't very long. Um, when I'm home, <clears throat> it's uh, a lot of time spent corralling my children to the point of exhaustion. Um, and then my wife and I will collapse on the couch and we'll try and watch some TV. I guess what, instead of watching TV <clears throat> or a movie, we could uh, listen to a podcast. But no, I haven't really regularly listened to podcasts. There was a stretch a couple of years ago where I listened to the Script Notes podcast. And that oh, was, yeah. that was With the, Jonathan
0: August and someone else. Yeah, uh,
1: the other one. Um, but I haven't listened to that in a couple of years, if it's even still going.
0: Do people listen to podcasts together? You're talking about like you and and, and your wife, instead of watching TV, I think you just said you could listen to a podcast. I find them because they're in headphones over my ears, private. They're such an internalized thing. Is that something people share and do at the same time? I don't know if it is.
1: Um, I only suggested it as an option because uh, I'm just trying to figure out where to squeeze it in. Um, that's our, our us time. And so, Mm -hmm. Even even though we're not really <laughs> talking to each other, we enjoy um, participating and in uh, following certain television series and and uh,
0: catching movies. And so m- that's true. I was sitting here thinking, well, you're not going to talk, but you're not going to talk while you're watching the movie either. Yeah,
1: that is well, true. It's, yeah. So it's just like, well, I guess I could replace the, the television with with the laptop and and listen to 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 a podcast with her. Um, or do what we often do instead of sitting on the couch, we're like folding clothes or doing the dishes or, you know, cleaning up uh, the battlefield after the long day. And uh, fun with, times. We put something
0: on then. Sound like great times. Why would you want to cut into that with audio? <laughs>
1: well, yeah, well, I don't understand. Um, but do me a favor, uh, Tim and everyone listening send me some podcasts that I should listen to. Obviously, I should. Follow. And the, the, the other thing, too, about the podcast, and this is me with a lot of things, um, mm-hmm. if it's already established and people are already fans, it's like it's hard for me to just I, I don't know if I could easily just jump into a Mark Maron podcast or the Never Not Funny podcast, um, which are the two that I probably hear about the most because they're established. They've got a thing going on. Uh, there's backstory. There's there's history to it. And I'm just coming in in the middle. Or towards the end, who knows? Um. I think
0: you're thinking they're all like serial or they're all like uh the signaler or something. Like I've only recently started listening to Never Not Funny, the Jimmy Pardo podcast, and I love it, actually. I I follow it because he was a guest on another show I, I listened to, which is also a good one to jump into called I Was There too by Matt Gorley. It's a weekly podcast or bi weekly podcast where he finds an actor uh from a movie well-known movie who wasn't the main star, but was like a smaller star. So it's someone who like maybe played one of the handmaidens in Phantom Menace or, or played, I think Jimmy Pardo was on it cause he was an MC in the movie showgirls and he talks to them about what it was like to make it. And I enjoyed That's Jimmy cool. Pardo so much on that show. I even tweeted it and he tweeted back saying, thanks man. So I, I just started listening to never not funny probably two months ago. And it's very easy. I mean, these shows, I think especially when they do, if they're not a narrative, I think the draw, at least for me with podcasts is because they're every week, maybe twice a week. And for me, because they were, you know, what I was focusing on during these long walks to work or whatever, there is a very quick sense of continuity just because, I mean, Mark Marin shows twice a week, but like, um, you know, even something that's once a week, it's like it, within a month, you've gone back and checked in with this person four times. I feel like that's enough continuity. You're in, you're part of it. Jokes make sense it's intimate, you're hearing stuff, you know, and you're, it's, it's placed within your own day. I, you know, again, if you don't want to listen to them, don't, but yeah, I, I I would find it out if that stopped me from listening to something. I get that with TV shows. I get that with things where it's just like, you don't want to be sitting next to someone saying, well, who's that person? What's going on? What's Quidditch? Whatever, as I did when I saw the last Harry Potter.
1: (laughs) Well, that's, uh, that's good to know then, because yeah, I, I will, uh, I do, I feel, I do feel like I'm shortchanging myself and, and just uh, uh, not lying to anybody because I've never said that I'm a huge <laughs> podcast fan. But here I am co-hosting a podcast. And i it's like, you know, I've never actually listened to more than the one. Um, so, yeah, I got to do some research.
0: Yeah, and I, I like what you said, and asking listeners, I would, to to maybe suggest some some stuff to listen to on, on the Facebook page, I would say, even one step further, if you're a listener and you have a podcast, if you're someone who listens to the show and you do a weekly, monthly, five-minute, two-hour podcast, whatever, Put a link up on the Facebook page. Get in touch with us um, Yeah, on the Twentieth Century Podcast Facebook page in the show notes. Click on that. We'll check those out. I I would love to hear what other people are doing, people are listening to this, and maybe we can even somehow (laughs) cross over on the show or something.
1: Yes. You're inspiring me to listen to podcasts, Tim.
0: Um, Okay. I mean, I can pause this.
1: Yeah, let's do that. Let's do that. I want to catch up on a few right now.
0: I keep recording, I guess. There's nothing like listening to someone listen to something. That's pretty good. That that, that makes for quality audio. I'll, I'll listen audio. to it.
1: I'll listen to it on my headset, so you won't have that audio. You'll just hear me reacting to the podcast or, or sniffle.
0: Yeah, it's like uh, yeah, like watching a director's give audio commentary without the movie. <laughs> huh, I could probably cut what I said because your thing was <laughs> fine. So yeah, the last week talking about the real Ghostbusters cartoon kind of reminded me, or not reminded me. I know this, but you know, just had the thought that Ghostbusters, the original 1984 Ghostbusters, is one of my favorite movies of all time. So, you know, technically, I guess that would be, you could say that's also my favorite comedy of all time. But um, seeing how we talked about it last week, what I thought this week we could do is talk about all the other comedies that aren't Ghostbusters of the 1980s. Well, that's not what you said, though. No, I thought we could narrow it down. That's true. Um, What I thought we could do is we could uh, discuss our three... Favorite comedy movies, and to be more specific, um, the three we would have said if we were children, you know, at 14 and 15 respectively, I think, standing right there on the precipice of 1989, you know, as the thrall of midnight threatened to decapitate the head of our first full decade and spill over into 1990, what would ourselves then, at that exact final moment of the 80s, say were our three favorite comedy movies?
1: Yeah, and that was a, a very uh, specific instruction to get because because when you initially because when you initially put the idea out there, I I thought well we already talked about Ghostbusters, um, yeah. but was Ghostbusters my favorite fifteen year old me comedy of the eighties?
0: Let's find out. Ooh, great. Now, comedy movies. I did. You go to a lot of movies in the theater in general in the nineteen eighties? Not in the eighties. No, I
1: did no. not. My my movie going experience picked up in the nineties uh, in high school when I could go out later and not have to go with my my mom. Um, so I saw some <laughs> movies, um, and I Were think any of them I comedies? saw. Did you ever go to the theaters to see comedies? Um. Yes.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: No. I didn't see a lot and Mm. and I I think I saw one of these that's on my list in the theater Um, Mm -hmm. but I didn't see a lot of others like I'm actually trying to think I know I saw uh, Superman in the theater I can't remember if it was two or three Uh, I saw I saw Crocodile Dundee.
0: Crocodile Dundee? Some people call that a comedy.
1: Yeah yeah I saw Crocodile Dundee it's not on my list but yeah, I, I was very disappointed because we were going to see Godzilla 85 in the theater. And oh, my it
0: would have been very disappointed.
1: <laughs> I still haven't seen it. Uh, but my mom said, We'll go next week. And uh, I, I'm pretty sure Crocodile Dundee was in the theater instead of, Cro- instead of uh, Godzilla 85. So that's, that's why I saw Crocodile Dundee. Because Godzilla in
0: yeah. 1985. No, I think if you didn't get to Godzilla 1985 in that first week, you didn't get to it because I think it left pretty fast. <laughs> But uh, no, I didn't. Looking at my list right now, I didn't see any of these in the theater. Actually, I didn't see many comedies in the theater. I think when I think of 1980s comedy, I mostly <coughs> think of VHS. Actually, I mostly think of free cable weekends. Yeah, the kind of thing where if you have basic cable in the 80s, if you sign up for cable and you didn't get any of the premium channels, HBO or Cinemax, sporadically there would be these promotions. I think we've mentioned this on the show before. We have. Where like Cinemax, we have. Okay. I, I could just, I guess, direct people to that minute, but uh, <laughs> they would do like a weekend of free showtime, and you, you would just, you know, all, they'd throw on some hit movies. That is exactly what I said last time, I think, too. And they'd show a bunch of movies, and that's how I saw a lot of these comedies, Um, at least two of the three, I think, that that are on my list. So, yeah, I do, I, I didn't really go to theaters to see comedies until the 90s when I used to go to see a lot of But, yeah, the 80s was always more sci-fi and, and whatnot, which... I mean you like comedy right I mean you're you, that that as a genre obviously yeah
1: but do we like do we understand comedy as comedy and when when we're that age when we're younger um like I don't know if I would seek out comedy when I was that I did young.
0: on TV though didn't I mean I watched a lot of sitcoms
1: yeah I still for me I still don't know if I recognized it as being comedic i I think for me it was like oh it 's a family uh or it 's a cartoon um comedy didn't i didn 't get the sense of i mean i I would laugh sure because it was funny but i didn't see comedy as a genre until until I was older actually until I was about this age at the end of the eighties
0: oh <laughs> Yeah, I, I, mean, I know I knew it was a genre. I know I knew it was a thing because, I mean, I, I did not like TV dramas. I liked TV comedies, at least for the first mm. half of, of, of the 80s. But, yeah, I don't know I don't because the 80s were a big time for comedy movies. I mean, I think there were a lot of classic comedy movies that came out of the 1980s. And I think I saw them on TV or VHS because, yeah, I didn't get to the theater that much. But uh, to avoid saying the same sentence again, why don't we uh, why don't we hop into these lists, huh? Let's do it. Let's do it. What's, what's uh,
1: so we've got three of our favorites, which would which had been our favorites when we were 15, 14, 15 years old.
0: Yes. Got it. So they may not technically be our favorites still. Um, and as an addendum, that kind of falsifies all of this. We're not counting Ghostbusters. <laughs> so that would have been on my list. It uh, would not have the, been on my list. I, I, really? It, it, yeah, it's number four or five. So it's not number one. What, what, what is uh, number one on your list there? Uh, number one on my list is Back to the Future. You would call that a comedy because I thought about it, but I thought that's science fiction. But you, you saw it as a comedy. I see it as a
1: comedy. It's very funny. And it's classified as a sci-fi comedy, I think, or an adventure. Yeah, sci-fi comedy.
0: Yeah, I feel like, and you know, talking about not knowing the term comedy, I guess i I would have adhered very strictly to the fact that that was in the science fiction section at the video store. That might be where I learned the, the title for. It. But 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 what what's what's the comedy of Back to the Future? What is it that makes it a comedy more than well, anything
1: it's else? The the fish out of water
0: uh aspects mm-hmm. of it you
1: know um the the fitting in and 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 uh everyone thinking he's a sailor i actually just watched it uh this past weekend um trying once again to get my girls to watch it um and and uh they thankfully one of them actually t- tuned in for the last uh, 45 minutes so that was good <laughs> <clears throat> um but yeah it's just it's it's got that aspect of it where you know how the characters of the fifties react to the the things that that Marty McFly is mentioning from the future, and and how he's reacting to what the fifties is like, and also reacting to how his mom is so different than she described herself when she was uh, when we were in the in the present day. Um, it's it's funny. It is Good. very exciting, and it has a lot of sci fi and action, but it's it's funny. No, oh, it
0: is funny. I And again, I thought about putting it on the list. I And I think all the funny parts happen in the 50s because actually with the exception of, I mean, I guess the big sci-fi plot that he's out of time. It is, you're right, it, it is kind of a high school comedy um, Cyrano de Bergerac kind of thing just yeah, set in the yeah, 50s. Yeah. And I think as a kid, I probably did not get all of the 50s, 80s collision, you know, like I was growing up in the 80s, but I don't think I knew, you know, saying cherry Coke and all this stuff, you know, it's like a tab, all this. stuff. I don't know if I necessarily got all those jokes. I have to say the funniest thing to me in that movie was George McFly. Right. As at least as a kid, I think there are very quotable lines from both George and Biff that that's what I think of when I think of the comedy of the movie.
1: You're not going to like my second choice, I don't think either was that i said i don't think you're gonna like uh, my number two either if we're we're really uh splitting hairs with the genres
0: um well no that that, that was just my initial reaction because that was what kept it off my list because I, I agree i okay. think it's a very funny movie and it was one of those movies at least for me part i think part of what made it funny was watching it i watched it with my parents we all watched it on vhs tape many times mm-hmm. And I think some of what I found funny was that what they were finding funny. I think they genuinely liked the characters. They liked the whole 50s aesthetic because that's what they grew up in. And so that, it's definitely a comedy that works in a group. And I guess I could understand why your daughters wouldn't necessarily be into it because what's their end point? They're not of the 80s right. and they're not of the 50s.
1: Exactly. And I had to do a lot of explaining. Well, not too much, but there were key key points I needed to kind of uh, uh, explain just so they would have a better understanding of it i mean i was sitting there <clears throat> considering do i is this the point where i explain who chuck berry is and why marvin <laughs> berry is on the phone with him it's like no we'll we'll save that we'll 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 come back to that another time <laughs> well
0: but that movie lucked out in timing for those jokes oh, yeah. i mean you could do versions of it but if that movie was a movie from 1979 and it would have been going back to 1949 it was in the 90s. They would have to go back to the 60s. Like, there is a strange comedy collision that just, like, a, a very small window to have written that movie Yeah, to make it current, not just set it in the past, which you could also do, to make a lot of those jokes land, I think. And so, yeah, I it's a classic movie. I think it's a family classic movie, but I wonder in another generation, is that movie still going to be holding ground? Like, people don't flock to Mary Poppins although I know your daughters did recently as we heard I think on an episode. Yes. Um indeed. But like I I wonder if that's one that <clears throat> is going to keep up, people will always go back to back to the future. I think they will. I think they will. It's
1: just I mean I don't know for sure, but it's just one of those perfectly made movies. It's so well done. It sets everything up so perfectly that you get such a great payoff at the end both with the 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 comedy, fish out of water aspect and the sci-fi time travel aspect. um, I think they will. And I think, you know, there are period pieces, period movies that you can go back to that you may never have lived in, but, but you can watch. And so that might be this for Mm -hmm. um, my kids' generation, maybe their kids' generation, they can still go back to it. Like I can still go back and watch a, a Western that's really well done and well made. I'd never lived in the old West, but, the story can still be told and, and still connect with people. And I, I think that'll
0: happen. Do you think that Western is connecting with the same now as it would have been when people were watching it in the sixties or fifties when that was more of the time? Um, I, I probably, that's a genre that's lost on me.
1: Yeah, probably not. Um, And I think uh, to, to your point about back to the future and, and where is there in? Yeah. You know what? Now that I'm saying this out loud, it probably will um, lose its luster as people just don't know uh, what they're looking at, they don't get um, the diner aspect and and malt shops and that sort of. They just won't understand it, so it won't quite make sense. But again, I think it's the same thing with with an old movie like a western. It's like I I have an understanding of what uh, a, a saloon is, um, so you can you can still enjoy it. I think.
0: No, I, I think you can still enjoy it. I think. And it's one of those things, that I do think about it with that movie a lot, it, that it's, it's almost sad that it's as old as it is because I don't, part of what was so enjoyable about that movie for me watching it was, you know, what I considered my era, of the 80s, and yeah. what would have been my, you know, the exact plot that Marty's going through, not the exact, but that kind of two time period mm-hmm. aspect there's no present in that movie for someone watching it now. Like I wouldn't have wanted to watch a movie about a time machine in the fifties where they travel back to uh, the twenties. Like that wouldn't and maybe it would have, but I can't foresee that working as well. I guess the comedy could be there, but I do not have those points of reference, but yeah, back to the future is very funny because of those points of reference, I think. Yeah. And this idea that you're saying about being able to visit something, um, you know, revisiting something years later, Ties in kind of to my, roughly ties into my first choice on my list. Um, Mainly John Hughes, filmmaker John Hughes, very key to the 80s and 80s aesthetic, is something that I hope is timeless. I imagine is timeless, but I don't know. Um, I loved John Hughes, you know, in the 80s and in the 90s, but honestly, the first movie outside of National Lampoon's Vacation, which he wrote, the first movie of his that I saw, doesn't quite fit into the John Hughes pantheon, but um, I think I've just pantheon twice. I'm sorry, that's a dumb word. But um, it's a movie that was one of my favorite movies when it came out. Um, Weird Science. Yeah, do you know this movie? I do. The 1985 movie. I loved it. Yeah. As a kid. Yeah. I mean, it's basically um, like a horny take on Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. Right. And you have two nerds. They create a dream girl with their Amiga computer. Graphics and um, the program that they create, the, the the living and breathing magical being they create, I think was the source of my first uh, hard on. Kelly LeBrock <laughs> yeah. playing this character named Lisa, and I loved Weird Science because in a way it was the perfect film for me. Similar, what I guess. Now I see what you're saying with Back to the Future. It had the sci-fi angle, you know, right there in the logo, which I loved. Um, it had awkward nerd. Characters and they get girlfriends. I mean that that is kind of the story That's to me. It. I think that pairing. Um, my best friend Nate, growing up, and I watched this movie a lot, and I think I always uh, gravitated towards films where I could kind of graft his and my friendship onto the characters. You know, like any time oh, it yeah. was like two. Yeah, because I think like I love the Blues Brothers, um, Bill and Ted, Wayne's World, um, my. Dinner with Andre, (laughs) Twins, you know, just, just these movies where it felt like it it was, you know, two friends kind of going through it. Like, I think I always loved those movies because I could see he was one and, and, and I would be the other. And we watched a lot of them. And, and Weird Science, you know, you have these kids that don't have any adult supervision by the setup of the story. Their parents are out of town. They don't fit in at school. Um, they have these two girls, they have crushes on, and it's just this story about kind of how they rise up. They, they get the girls, they stand up for the girls in a moment of truth. They get respect from everyone and they kiss someone and then, and, and they're in true love, you know, it established what love meant at that age. And, and I think I taped it off of TV, um, whenever it premiered on, on television. So that the, the copy that I knew, cause we wore it out watching it all the time was a TV edit of it. So there are jokes that are altered. There are scenes that are probably cut, but that's how I knew the movie. And I just watched it constantly growing up. Did you watch weird science uh, when you were a kid? I, I saw weird science in full once.
1: And mm-hmm. then I've seen bits and pieces as a kid. Um, but I, I, it wasn't one that I got to to view repeatedly.
0: Did you, did you like it? I did like it.
1: it. I liked it a lot. Um, it, it, didn't have the same kind of effect on me. Um, mm-hmm. it, yeah, it was one of those that I think if I had the opportunity to see it again as a kid, I would have, but it just never, it wasn't on repeat anywhere. I couldn't, I couldn't get to it. Um, it's
0: kind of like a lost John Hughes movie. Yeah. I feel like, and it doesn't fit into his other movies. Like it, you could see pretty in pink, some kind of wonderful breakfast club, all, actually superior movies for this movie <laughs> existing in the same universe. And I feel like weird science because of its sci-fi angle can't. And unlike those other four, three movies I just mentioned, weird science does not hold up. Oh, no. When, when did you see it last? Uh, I probably saw it last about four, five, five years ago. Maybe yeah. I saw it with a friend's kid actually, who was probably in his teens at the time. Cause we, we were all hanging out of the house together. We watched it. And I think part of the reason it doesn't hold up is because I'm so used to the TV edit and like it was just ingrained in my head and I memorized it that the uncensored version kind of threw me oh, yeah. in a way. Wow. I don't know if it would have had I seen it before, but I mean, it's just it's a very 80s male fantasy treatment of women as just objects to validate a male fantasy. It's the, the- 80s male idea of love where it's just like because you say you love someone in a confession you're in love with them and the edited kind of version,
1: the edited version didn't uh, display these, these aspects of it
0: or it does, does it smooth the it edges does. maybe? No, you're probably right. You know what? It does smooth the edges of, and this was another thing that I found jarring because I never knew the joke was in there until actually very recently when I flipped by it one morning, it's a homophobic movie. Oh, so many things are so many things are from, from the eighties. Uh,
1: and even the nineties, um, I hate to say this cuz I I didn't it didn't uh I, I didn't register it when I was watching it uh but since our friends episode I've actually been watching a lot of friends that's very homophobic talking about Chandler on the show Chandler, Joey, Ross, anytime <laughs> there's like uh anytime their hands touch they
0: freak out <laughs> Yeah, that's true and it's and I do remember laughing at it. Yeah. I don't find that funny. Now. I don't know if I've thought of friends as homophobic friends is a little was ahead of its time. Then it's, it's probably not anymore, <laughs> but yeah, yeah it was strange. a very commonplace plot and it's very, in this movie, it's very cruel. I mean, it's oh. our heroes refer to one. There's a scene where these mutant bikers attack this party they're having, which if you don't know the movie, that sentence is odd, but it happens. <laughs> And it's the scene where the two Wyatt and Gary, I think, are the two main characters. Is kind of when they win the girls over and they stand up for them. And one of the um, one of the characters, Anthony Michael Hall's character, puts one of the mutants in their place by calling them. I'm sorry, I'm saying it because what well, he says, a faggot, basically saying that. And it's just like sure. that's used as a joke. You know, you do want to talk about Back to the Future? Have you ever seen the cut scenes of Back to the Future? Um, only the
1: the stuff with um, the other actor, which I, Eric Stoltz.
0: Eric Stoltz. There's a couple of lines where Marty's worried that whatever is happening in the 50s will turn him gay. Oh, really? <laughs> like I'll become a homosexual. I forget the exact word, and you can probably find it online. Like, and thankfully that was cut because right. I would not be able to say around that. But, yeah, it was a go-to joke, and I think it shows up in a lot of 80s comedies, and it sounds like you're saying 90s, too. And it's very jarring. I mean, as a kid, I didn't know much about any culture other than the traditional small town heterosexual culture. So I was naive and I was sheltered. And so these jokes coming in because they were being played for laughs at first probably either went over my head or I laughed at. But, yeah, it's 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 uncomfortable now. And it it takes me that that one line really takes me out of the movie. It It doesn't work because it's not like it's one tough character who thinks that and then the story can keep going and they're either proven wrong or, or whatever it's just, it's it's our hero's way of swatting down one of the villains yeah. and then it's also just I mean it's a very thin plot it's a very thin romance and at the end of the movie to go through the whole thing it's just horny <laughs> that's <laughs> all it is like it really has no other purpose There's there are some funny jokes also some racist jokes and it's also just, I, I have the memory of watching it so often and that's that TV version of it. So the pacing of that and the jokes I like, but yeah, I, I could do all right. Never seeing this movie again.
1: Okay. That
0: that's probably going to happen. (laughs) <laughs> i'm gonna maintain that what's uh what's next what's your number two
1: well my number two there? again we're talking about uh splitting hairs with the genres i don't know if if you'll think of this as a straight-out comedy i mean i don't think it is a straight-out comedy but it is in the comedy genre and it was probably the movie i liked uh as much as back to the future when i was 15 years old and that is goonies oh
0: no i mean i yeah, I don't wow, know. You're what very do you were very as. disappointed with my, my comedy choices. No, no, no. I'm, I'm were, you, were you expecting like all right. Weekend
1: at Bernie's kind of stuff?
0: You know what? I didn't put Weekend at Bernie's on my list only because it came out in 1989. I was like, did I understand <laughs> how great it was yet? I know I saw it. But but no, I you're, you're making me think because it's like I both of these movies I remember. Well, also, I just don't like the Goonies, but I did as a child and i just i i remember laughing a lot at it sure yeah yeah it's what, it's what, it's what a makes comedy. goonies the funny comedy what what's what's making that stand out for you um
1: well it's it's the the kids the situations they're in i mean it opens with um the the familiar relationship between the uh uh fratellis um is just <laughs> hilarious to me um it's just and especially as a kid it's just i don't get it you've got this grumpy, crotchety old woman who I think is old enough to be their grandparents, but it's their mom. Um, <laughs> and then these guys who are these Italian gangsters, or at least one of them is, the other is this Weasley little guy, um, and just how they, <laughs> they bicker and fight, and the mom is like knocking them around, and it's to me that was very funny. And then the kids are funny. The trouble they get into, you got mouth, uh, data, uh, just... The hilarious they've got their contraptions uh mouth uh is is translating incorrectly to, to put the fear of God into the, the <laughs> housekeeper uh, at the beginning then you've got the adventure which is awesome um I still like the goonies I'm curious to see why you don't like the goonies um it's uh yeah it's just it's funny it's it's again in as as fifteen year old me it's kids and it, it came out um, when did it come out? 1985. 85. So, um, I was younger when I saw it and I just kept seeing it and it was, again, maybe it's this repeat viewing, uh, which I didn't get with weird science, but I got with Goonies. I got with back to the future. Um, I absolutely loved it.
0: No, I, I mean, as a kid, I loved Goonies, which makes sense. Cause that's the audience for it. And you're right. I thought every character was so funny in that. Yeah. And that might be why it's a great comedy. I mean, it's Brent mentioned it on the Superman two episode. Gwen um, Goonies came up, you know how it's kind of a, he saw it as a holdover from the R gang or the little rascals right. cartoons, which I don't necessarily agree with, but I get it. And it's another movie, some of the weird science where there's just no adult supervision. You know, these kids yeah. are, are mature enough to go on their adventure and so I guess instead of like kids on TV, which were family comedies and, you know, witty back and forth, smart aleck responses. Yeah, these characters are interacting with each other and their personalities are funny. And I think similar to what I was saying, like with my friend Nate and trying to put ourselves onto each character, because it's a group of characters, you can kind of put your friends on all of them. You sure. can be like, oh, my friend is Chunk is and my friend is... It's Martha Plumpton's character's name. I cannot remember her name. Oh, uh, I can't remember her name either. Okay. Well, that would have been the next one I would have said. And, you know, and there's uh, Mikey. And, and, yeah, no. So I I totally get that being a comedy. You're right. And I think I'm glad you started with Back to the Future because I got my mind rolling to not say, like, no, it's just Goonies. But, no, I, I thought Goonies was hilarious also because it was dirty. It's kind of a, you know, it's a kids. It's a dirty kids movie, I think. It gets away with some language and some jokes. Yeah. That as a kid, yeah, I'm well, the, sure my parents heard. The funniest, because it was a kid's
1: movie. The funniest thing for me as a kid that that I would roll, I would literally roll off the couch laughing, is when they tried to uh, glue the penis back onto the statue, and it was pointing up. <laughs> I mean, come on, that's comedy gold. That
0: is comedy gold. As is doing subtitles on a kid with potato chips <laughs> in his mouth asking. If you <laughs> Notice. No, I, I, I told, I mean, I, yeah, I think that's a great choice and I totally makes sense. It makes sense why 15 year old you, and I guess a 14 year old me would love that movie. I just think there's nothing in it for me now. One, because I don't have the nostalgia. I didn't keep going back to Goonies. I, we taped sure. it off TV, I watched it multiple times. I think when we first had it I taped it off of cable, I'm sorry, cable weekend. So it wasn't like it was edited. It was, it was the full movie. So I, and I loved it then, but then I think I just stopped watching it. And it's one of those things where I didn't continue to, like, I didn't miss Goonies. I loved the theme song, the Cindy Lauper song and the the main title theme. So I guess I always had those, but I went back and watched it. I mean, it's been a while now. I mean, this might've actually been when we were living <laughs> together. So that would be 15 years ago or 17 years ago. And it didn't, it didn't work for me. <laughs> Yeah, maybe I'd like in no, I just I or you know what it is too. People love it. The fandom people have for it, and and it's similar to what was almost a topic for today, something like Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, or um, it's another movie, The Christmas Story. Like these things that people are so attached to. It's like I wasn't that attached to this movie, so it didn't it didn't stay with me. Sure, I liked it though. But no, I think that's a great choice. That that is a good kids comedy. I think you're absolutely right. Have your daughter seen it? Yes.
1: This is one think? of those
0: few successes. Uh, really? They have,
1: they have seen it. They haven't gone back to it. It wasn't like, you know, I've talked about how their, their model of, of enjoyment is to watch something until they can't bo- you know, be bothered with it. Um, yeah. So it hasn't been one of those things that they've watched over and over and over. Um, but they have watched it more than once. And that's, that's a win.
0: And does it seem contemporary to them? Do they have any issues with like what's going on here? Do they just they're just engrossed in it? No, they're just
1: engrossed in it. I don't think anything really stands out that that couldn't happen in in the world that they know, you know, right now.
0: Oh, great. Yeah. Oh, good choice. Yeah. That's an awesome choice.
1: Kind of makes me want to watch it with them uh, this weekend perhaps.
0: Are they up right now? I mean, I, I can I can wait. I think it's like 90 something minutes.
1: No, they're listening to
0: a podcast. Uh, <laughs> They're busy. <laughs> They're preoccupied <very> <laughs> in their own rooms with their head, headphones on. Um, well, the my next movie staying yeah. on the theme of 1985 <laughs> um also a movie that we taped off of a free cable weekend. <laughs> um my the next movie I picked is Fletch. You know that oh, movie? Oh, Fletch.
1: I do know the movie. Yeah. It's not one that I saw as a kid and never oh. got around to seeing it. It seemed older. You've never seen it. No, I've never seen Fletch. I've I've seen bits, um, but I've never seen it as a whole. And uh w- was it an old? Was it rated R, Fletch?
0: Um, that I don't know. I we taped it off the TV and watched it as kids. Maybe I, I want to say it was PG, but maybe, I mean maybe it was. We had it. There's language in it. Um, it's a, t- a detective movie. It's based on a novel, a series of novels by an author named Gregory McDonald about this. Um, I guess he's a reporter, not a detective. Erwin Fletcher is the character's name. And I've read I read one of the books because of this movie and it didn't really stick with me. But um, in the, the, the movie, the plot of the movie, uh, um, it's about uh, Chevy Chase <laughs> and Chevy Chase puts on some funny disguises and then Chevy Chase says some. Dry one-liners. You get Chevy Chase flirting, and Chevy Chase knowing he's charming, and then Chevy Chase has a—I only has one scene of actual emotion about being shot at. I mean, yeah. I mean, there's a story in it, <laughs> sure. but as a kid, the story didn't interest me, and I—I I don't even know if I could fully put out the plot right now. I just, for some reason, as a kid, I loved this movie because, again, at age eleven and twelve, I loved. Chevy Chase. Yeah. I mean, did you see a lot of Ch- – he was a – it's very easy to forget. He was the big comedy yeah. star in the 80s, probably bigger than Bill Murray, probably not bigger than Eddie Murphy, but he was one of, one of them. He was up there.
1: Yeah. I I didn't see a lot of Chevy Chase movies. I didn't see the vacation movies until I was older. Um, the, the one Chevy Chase movie that I probably saw the most from that era I'm trying to think of the name of it i'm actually because i can't think of it um, i'm looking it up um but i used to watch this one a lot funny farm
0: yeah i saw that in the theaters i saw saw that that a lot i didn't see it
1: in the theaters but i saw it a lot um but i never saw fletch
0: oh okay yeah i mean i I feel like funny farm was probably a a little past his prime maybe. <laughs> but there was a time when Chevy Chase made a ton of movies. I mean, I knew him first from like uh National Lampoon's Vacation. you yeah. know which I still love him in. And you know, so I'm the Saturday Library runs. Um uh, my dad liked Chevy Chase. I think he found him very funny. So we saw a lot of the movies that he was in. You know, Spies Like Us and Three Amigos, Caddyshack. I'm trying to think what else. Um and I don't know, like, I like him in Vacation. I think that's, you know, that's a great character in Christmas Vacation, too. Yeah. But now, like, when I look back at Fletch now, it's just, it's kind of disgusting, you know? It doesn't sit with me. It's it's so smug, you know? He has an entitled, sort of smart-ass comeback to everything. Yeah. And I guess I ate that up as a kid. You know, I guess I really liked that. And there's some good one-liners in it, you know, some funny jokes here and there. But um, the movie doesn't age well. Like, I've gone back and tried to watch it, and and I don't find it as funny. And I don't know if it's because the movie isn't good or if it's just that Chevy Chase didn't age well. Like, am am I too kind of poked with him now
1: yeah that could be it i mean my i'm not a big fan of chevy chase the person not that i know him but just the the, (laughs) the the person we see the character of his his personality um it worked in like vacation and on snl um but as much as i liked funny farm when i was watching it um, it's not I don't think I was drawn to the Chevy Chase persona um, I just the, the movie itself I guess any character could have been in there for for the 12 year old me that was watching it um, <laughs> but uh, or any actor I mean um, yeah and, and Chevy Chase it's like I think uh, did you watch Community?
0: I did yeah
1: and like he was my least favorite aspect of that show you know yeah, I mean it didn't
0: work yeah. And and what's weird is you could see him doing his old bits, and you could see him. Yeah. There's... betraying the character he was supposed to play because I think there were some funny things with that character, but you could see him trying to relive, you know, his his past self. Yeah. He represents something in the '80s of just again just a. You know, well-to-do, well-off, entitled guy, just with a quip for everything. Yeah, and that was very funny to me then. But I, just, I find it so exhausting and so grating. So we won't be going back to Fletch. I right? guess not. I don't.
1: I don't need to see Fletch.
0: I don't know, but but it's weird because like he he was revered. You know, yeah. and it's like '80s comedy. I know is different from comedy now, but it's just odd that he was the star, and that's over. And it doesn't work now. Not only is it over because he got older, but like, I don't know if his role in Caddyshack holds up. I don't know. Like again, his vacation role works well because he's got some vulnerability and he's fumbling around, and I really like that. But yeah, this. Uh, I'm sorry to say too, because I watched this movie a lot. As a kid, I loved it, but now it's just—he's not playing a character. It's just Chevy Chase. Yeah.
1: So you've got two in a row, then that uh,
0: don't do it for you anymore. They do not do it for me anymore. That is true. What's uh What's your third one? Uh, my third one. Uh, I think this is more of a straightforward
1: kind of comedy. Um, that, that you can't you can't say, well, is it really comedy? No, this is a, this is a straight out comedy. Spaceballs.
0: Wow, oh, I almost put that on my list. Oh yeah, yeah. I was wondering if we would have would any be... any overlap. Well, that's an incredibly quotable movie. Yeah, what uh, did you see it in the theater?
1: I don't think I did see it in the theater. Um, I think this was one of those weekends, and I think I I hinted at this. We didn't talk too much about it, but I I had a babysitter um, who ran a, like a uh, an after school sitter. Uh, thing, not, not really like a nursery or whatever, but she, mm-hmm. she watched a lot of kids in her home. I don't know if she was licensed. I don't think she was, because uh, at, in this home, w- there had to have been, I don't know, at least 10 other kids that would show up here after school. And I don't know, m- maybe it was even during the summer, because th- this might have been my where my mom would leave me in the summer, because um, there were a lot of kids, and we were there a long time, and she had HBO. And we were allowed to watch HBO and I probably saw Spaceballs on HBO or Cinemax or whatever she had uh, like two times a day sometimes. Um, (laughs) So that's where I uh, watched Spaceballs. That's also where I I saw boobs for the first time in movies. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's also in their upstairs bathroom where I found some sort of Playboy catalog that had to have been like three-fourths of an inch thick Um, maybe it was like an annual thing. I don't know too much about what Playboy would put out, but, but this was where my mother would leave me, uh, to spend my summer days. And it was a wonderful place.
0: (laughs) I mean, I don't know. Playboy, I think is probably fairly innocent, right? I mean, I actually didn't have any Uh, growing up, but they were around. Yeah.
1: I mean, it was just naked ladies, but I mean, at my age, that was, that was enough.
0: Isn't that the introduction? I mean, isn't that part should, of the discovery? Like, nobody yeah. ever has the perfect introduction to nudity, I would imagine. Yeah, but do you
1: get introduced... I mean, do you normally get introduced to that at 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 your babysitters?
0: I mean, I I, I don't know. I don't know what the protocol is. I don't have kids. <laughs> but um, I feel like it's not from your folks. I feel no. like it's not from school. Well, I mean, reasons, I feel like it...
1: I always thought it was your friends somehow they would get a hold of it
0: maybe i mean somebody's got to get a hold of it at first i mean i feel like and this has changed obviously because the internet and yeah. things like that i think but yeah i think someone always had a ratty gross unevenly numbered copy of some <laughs> penthouse or, or or playboy and and you know it, it, it to me i remember the first time i saw one it was just like, it was this weird relic, like, how am I seeing this? And what do I do with it? And I honestly, it was like four of us hanging in one of my, out in one of my friend's rooms. He had three that I think his cousin had given him and we were all just flipping through them. And I, I didn't know what to do with it. <laughs> yeah, and I looked at a couple of pictures and then just kind of like, you know, probably went like, oh, well, wow. he made some sound. Cause it just, it, it didn't, I didn't know how to process it. But no, I mean, I think that that is very eighties, I think finding it sure. in your babysitter's house. I don't know. I don't. I don't see that as unnatural.
1: Yeah, no, neither. I think it, yeah, I mean, I just thought I mean, it was the eighties.
0: Uh, was a horn dog time, which was. is a term I don't ever use. I just feel like that's what I think of. It's just so sexed up, and I'm not saying that that's necessarily right, but it's like movie like Weird Science, you know, some of the conversation in The Goonies, you know, all these things. You know, you couple that with a magazine behind a toilet. I mean, yeah that's that's kind of growing up. in <laughs> <That's grown up. laughs>
1: 1986. That, that's my 80s comedy. My, that I was living. But uh but yeah, Spaceballs. Uh do you did you enjoy Spaceballs? You almost put it on your list?
0: Yeah, no, I loved Spaceballs. Yeah. I hope it holds up. I think it does. We were watching it a couple weeks ago. It's still pretty Oh, funny. really just a couple weeks ago? Yeah, it's, it's on TV a lot. I mean, cuz it was a parody of something I knew. Right. Something I loved. Yeah. You know, Star Wars. Of course, of course I'm going to love that. And it is funny. When you says, you know, Mel Brooks is very funny. I think it was the first Mel Brooks movie I saw. Uh, it was my first Mel Brooks movie. For sure. Yeah. It, and it's odd to, it's more so like, I think as a kid, I liked it because of this, but now it's odd that in addition to being a parody, there is a plot. Like there is a, a love story going through that's given its due between yeah. um, Lone Star and, and Princess Vespa. And that's kind of weird now because that's at odds with, I think, a lot of the parody stuff. Like, I think the stronger stuff is all the Mel Brooks, Rick Moranis. And I can't remember the actor who plays Colonel Sanders. I can't think of his name. But those three, I think all of their sh- scenes together aboard the Spaceball ship is are, are great.
1: Yeah, those are fantastic.
0: And I think John Candy's great. i not totally sold on Bill Pullman as a comedy actor. Sure. Prior to Mr. Wrong. How how do you feel about
1: Bill Pullman as an actor?
0: I've liked him and stuff. Yeah? Okay. Probably. (laughs) I don't know. For some reason, I'm always happy when he shows up. Yeah.
1: (laughs) I think you're just happy he has a job.
0: Hey, Bill Pullman's working. Yeah. Good for that guy. A little envious of him working (laughs) working so hard. But, um... No, I, I... I, I, I do love Spaceballs. And, and have you seen it recently?
1: I have not seen it recently. I've considered pulling it out for some uh, viewing with the girls because I have this thing with my girls. They don't like Star Wars. They mm-hmm. have no interest in Star Wars. I, I, I think I might have mentioned this before. I showed them Star Wars probably too early. They were a little too young. And, yeah, I do remember you And that. Darth Vader scared them. And they don't want to go back to it. They still think he's a scary guy, even though, you know, all of their friends and Darth Vader is so uh, ubiquitous. Now it's like, he's everywhere. Um, So I wouldn't think (laughs) he'd be scary. There's no mystery to him. Um, But it's sort of almost become a gag between us where it's like, Hey, what do you guys want to do this weekend? Oh, let's watch star Wars. No dad. No. Um, So I, they might just never watch it because we've created this bit. Um, But I was thinking maybe if I could get them to watch Spaceballs, and laugh at it, uh, maybe they'd be more interested in seeing. Well, what what was this movie parodying? What was it based on? What were they making fun of? Um,
0: Uh, Do you think a parody works before you know the subject matter? I don't
1: know. I don't know, and I also don't know if, like, how much you really need to know. Because though they haven't really watched the movie, save for the one time when they were too young to really get it, um, and just Star Wars, they haven't even tried to watch the other uh, two from the original trilogy um you still know enough you still know darth vader you know luke skywalker you know princess leia you you know what the ships look like i mean it's it's everywhere now it's, now that we have new movies um all their classmates have star wars backpacks uh, they're playing with star wars toys so i don't know i think it could still work for them because there's a lot of other things in there that are funny um, beyond just the parody, uh, so I think it could work. I just don't know um, if they're old enough. Because I remember as a kid, it, it didn't really register with me. Um, sex jokes and, and penis jokes and shorts and yeah, all that.
0: No, there's that. There's some language, but again, yeah. it's
1: sweethearted. It, it is. It is sweethearted. Um, so I don't quite know. My youngest is seven, so I'm just not sure if it's the right age. If it'd be a little too early. Um but yeah, like you 're saying it 's sweethearted and if they don't if i don't sit there if they're it'll go over their head much like it probably did with with me a lot of times and so um my oldest she questions things a lot, so she might ask what is what does that mean why are they holding it like that
0: um yeah, there are probably a couple jokes you 'll have to explain yeah
1: so so that 's why i'm i'm i haven't jumped into the balls yet, but um I'm hoping maybe it will be. Maybe it'll be a gateway to Star Wars.
0: Was Spaceballs your entrance to parody? Was that like the first parody movie you saw?
1: <gasps> um, yes, but only be yes because I hadn't seen the airport movies to understand what Airplane was parroting. I had seen <laughs> Airplane, um, and I thought it was very funny. I didn't realize that it was funny in a lot of respects because it was parroting. The airport disaster movies, um, but this was the first movie that I saw where I had seen the the source material. So yeah, this is mm-hmm. I guess my parody uh, introduction.
0: <laughs> now it's a good one, I, I think it is, and it does. I I think it still works, or works to me a lot of it with nostalgia. That's great, um, and similar enough to my third choice. <laughs> The one movie on my list that I actually still enjoy. <laughs> um, third funniest movie for me in nineteen eighty nine, I picked The Naked Gun. Okay. The um the kind of continuation of Police Squad. It's a, yeah. a, a a parody of um cop shows and whatnot with Leslie Nielsen, um and Ricardo Montalban and uh co star who will remain nameless. Sure. But um yeah, it's just I, I, that was another, one. I didn't see it in the theater, but I do remember the commercials finding them funny. That's just one where I just, we, we must've had the videotape. We probably bought it used cause we were big into, I was big into getting movies on, on VHS and that's a movie we just watched a lot. Yeah. And it's just one of those movies where it's just so many jokes, you know, there's, there's ridiculous physical gags, there's puns. There's surrealness. There's dumb, slow burn reactions. There's characters kind of acting like idiots. Yeah. And it's all held together by the, at that point, still brilliant, uh, Leslie Nielsen's performance. You know, you were just talking about Airplane, which was the first comedy that sure. he did. And he's amazing in that. Yeah. Because he's playing it so, so straightforward and so earnest and so, like, voice, you know, his voice is so. You know, dour or whatever and it just works and this character is a continuation of that and playing off of some, you know, like just cop TV show standards and whatever. And it's, it really works. Like there's just amazing, you know, we are talking in the ghostbuster episode about just comedy routines. There's amazing comical routines in this movie. The one that always sticks out in my mind is he's trying to get some information from an informant and he's paying them off. And then, um, he doesn't want to give the informant some more money. So the <laughs> informant pays them some money. Like they're just to do this back and forth yeah. with the cash. I, I don't know why I'm trying to explain it, but, um, <laughs> it's just stuff like that is so funny. And there's these little jokes, like there's a moment where he's talking about his ex wife and he's like, everywhere I look, something reminded me of her. And he looks out the window and there's just these two big dome (laughs) nuclear reactors or something. It's just like dumb little moments, but they're constant and it doesn't sentimentalize. It doesn't become serious. It's just constant, ridiculous jokes Guided by this very serious performance, and I loved this movie. It, 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 you know, and I remember my dad and my uncle loving this movie and just repeating jokes and laughing so hard. It was just an exhausting laugh. And, um, you know, like I liked movie parodies as a kid, I liked like Mad Magazine and Crack Magazine. And this, instead of picking a specific topic, you know, instead of you know, which I think a lot of the Not Another This and Not Another That movies do it now. Mm-hmm. This was parodying a genre, right. you know, cop shows of the 80s, which I probably wasn't even that familiar with, but it just did it so well. And it had a lot of repeat uh, repeatability. One, because you can't catch all the jokes, and two, just because it is funny. And shortly after this movie, probably the next year, something in Leslie Nielsen's mind made him think, uh, oh, I can do this. (laughs) And he just started making a series of these movies. Yeah. Like just started, you know, I think repossessed, which is an exorcist parody was the next one I saw, but you know, just throughout the nineties into the two thousands, this is what he did. Yeah. And that's too bad because he, I think lost track of, or not lost track. He started doing something else. You know, he lost the sincerity do you think it was a Frank driving character?
1: You're saying something in his mind uh switched. I mean, maybe it was all he could get.
0: You know. And it's possible too. Maybe it's other people were trying to do the genre. But I mean, even the Naked Gun movies fall apart. They do there's 3 of them and the second two are not. I mean, the third one I think is pretty abysmal. The second one has some jokes like they it doesn't strangely doesn't repeat itself well.
1: Yeah. There were a lot of this style of movies. Like I remember hot shots came out in the 80s right
0: hot shots came out in the 90s 90s, those 90s yeah early
1: 90s um yeah i don't feel like there's really like the parody i haven't really seen too many but the parody movies uh of of the past decade just seem really like uh what i have seen like little sketches and bits and things
0: um, yeah, a lot of times I think they're just look at the most recent movie we can put a joke in. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of those. I did like the Not Another Teen Movie, which I think came out in 2001. Yeah. That's funny. I find that funny cuz it's it's a, you know, it's it's more the, you know, it's specific to certain movies, but there's a lot going on. But yeah, it's I don't know if it's just become too literal or or what, but something or maybe it's just the genre, again, can only do it so many times. But yeah, the new Perries are just awful, yeah. I think. There is a show, uh, TBS has a show um, called Angie Tribeca. It's with, on my list. Um, Rashida Jones, yeah. yeah. That is that is basically the naked guy. Right. I mean, that is what they're doing, like to the point of it's kind of ripping it off, but it's really enjoyable.
1: Yeah, I've heard it's, it's and, fun. You know,
0: Yeah, and some of the jokes fall flat, but I think, again, what really helps it is everyone is very sincere in their role. You know, it's kind of no one's mugging to the camera or, you know, or or, or squeezing a joke to make it work. Like, they're they're all doing this version of Leslie Nielsen, I guess. Yeah. And that works. That works great. Um, Yeah, so Naked Gun, and it does hold up. I mean, and I like this kind of comedy. I mean, it's just blatant ridiculous comedy
1: um i haven't seen the naked gun in a while do you think this kid friendly or no do they need to have a um, couple more years on there
0: going balance? off of what you have said about your kids <laughs> no okay Partly because i don't know i mean i don't know how much of a would go over their heads, yeah. and if too much of it goes over their heads, what are they watching? I mean, there's some funny stuff where like a fish bites them on the nose, and um, there's you know I think um, the Ayatollah has a mohawk, you know stuff like that might be funny. Right. But yeah, I don't know if they actually even get the jokes. Spaceballs, Spaceballs first, then. I would think so. Yeah.
1: Yes. Yeah. What what's what what were uh, what were some movies on your fringes? If I can ask, yeah, Yeah. yeah.
0: what was there? Let's see. Well, weekend of Bernie's, (laughs) um, Roxanne, the Steve Martin Romantic comedy. Yeah. Um, I I remember really liking that one. I just, I don't know if that was, I think I was just starting, starting to get into those kind of movies. So that hadn't quite made it yet. Yeah. I think I Um,
1: I have a couple that I, I appreciated more later, so I didn't count them. Yeah.
0: How did you put your list together? Like what, what triggered the memories for these? Um,
1: I, I, I Googled comedies of the 80s just to kind of. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Of course. Um, <laughs> to to see what was there. Um, well, actually, to be honest, when when we had the topic, um, I rattled off Back to the Future and Goonies right away. Oh, okay. um, I actually was discussing it with my wife. And, and she, I can't remember what hers were, but I know one of them was Adventures in Babysitting. and uh, one it was a John Hughes movie but I can't remember which one Uh, and then I think she had a third right off the top of my head but I I wanted to make sure Like I I couldn't think of the third and when I saw Spaceballs I was like holy shit yes Spaceballs I loved Spaceballs I watched it all the time Um, but yeah it was unfortunate that it wasn't one of the movies like it's so funny at least it was to me
0: but it's like one of those movies I kind of had forgotten about Yeah, I kind of just thought back to all the video, again, the videotapes we had, because I was trying to think, like, what did I watch? What did we tape that I watched a lot? So actually, Weird Science, excuse me, and um, Fletch came pretty quickly, and then it was just difficult. How do I whittle this down? And honestly, if I was being honest, Ghostbusters would have been first, but we just talked about that.
1: Yes, I have Ghostbusters on my list here too, but uh, I know that we sort of – uh had to cancel that one out i also had big um uh, beetlejuice oh and, wow how did i miss that right because you didn't that go- should have been on my list you didn't google movies from the 80s wow. i think beetlejuice for me i didn't get into or, or see much until i was older so that's why oh I, that's okay. why it wasn't on my list um and i saw that in the theater i almost i almost did uh who framed roger rabbit
0: I thought about that too. too. But then yeah. I think I would have been like, That's not a comedy. <laughs> I have my strict strict rules.
1: Who framed Roger Rabbit isn't a comedy?
0: Animated film noir. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You know what I'm surprised that neither of us did, and I thought about it but I was like, nah, that's too early was when Harry met Sally for all the talking we do with that fucking movie on the show. <laughs>
1: that's an excellent excellent point but i don't i don't think like the same situation here with some of these other movies i don't think i really would have been uh as huge of a fan of it at the end of 1989 like i became yeah. in, in 91 92
0: that's true because yeah. i would have just i probably wouldn't have seen it yet yeah well, i think that's the show does that make that's, sense that's the show that's you- Listen. If you like the show, like we always say, um, please uh, you can always check us out at uh, please. I think I always say please, and then launch into this. I guess I didn't have to say that. Uh, www. Also, not to say that Uh That's the main website. Uh, that's where you can find all all of our episodes, including this one, and everything that precedes it. You can find usually some other information up there. Uh, you can uh, we have a Facebook page. If you want to like us on Facebook. Uh, You can follow me. on. I'm doing this way out of order. Sorry. I all of a sudden got really tired. (laughs) Um, But yeah, like us on Facebook. Subscribe (laughs) to us on iTunes. Subscribe to us on Google. (laughs) Follow me at Subcultist on Twitter.
1: Tim, you are tired because it is almost one in the morning where you are. And earlier tonight you had uh, guested on on a talk show. So you were just fitting in a lot of stuff. So thank you for getting uh this far into it with with the energy you have
0: had. oh thanks um
1: you can follow me at all those places that tim mentioned by by liking the podcast and everything and uh, leaving messages on facebook and whatnot i'm also on twitter at rh cannon uh so reach out we want to hear from you we want to we want to see what other topics you guys want to hear Yes, no,
0: definitely. Please post a few topics. We will get around to them to the people who have suggested it. There's been a couple now. We'll, we'll, we'll get to them. Awesome. Also, I've noticed, and I'm glad you have, I think sporadically you're posting, or maybe every time one goes up, um, Bob has a, a blog called superultramegamix.wordpress.com, super I think is the address. Yes, sir. They okay, say so that? Yes, sir. And it's um it's a it's a, it's a uh, look at uh, mixtapes that he made throughout the 90s into the 2000s. You're into the 2000s now, and yeah, please keep posting those on the on the Facebook page, people. You can follow links to that. Know a couple people have. Um, it's really a worthwhile and great read. It is for me anyway. Thanks, Tim. Yeah, it's
1: it's really uh, fun to put together. It's very interesting to listen to these tapes and to see what I was liking and uh, what I deemed uh, mixtape worthy.
0: Yes. So check those out. Bob, because I'm so exhausted, <laughs> because I'm so tired, because I'm about to crash, do you want to handle saying the catchphrase yeah, this sure. week? Yeah, sure.
1: I will do it this week. Thanks, Tim. I think this might be my first... No, second time. Second time.
0: Oh. Were I tired in another episode?
1: No, I just... I uh, I took it without asking permission.
0: Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. What episode was that?
1: I don't know. We'll have to do the research. Huh. Figure it out. Two or three. It wasn't. It wasn't very far into it. Three or four maybe. Okay. Right. Catchphrase! It's good.